Amen. Now, Henry, it has come to my attention that there are a few in the choir today who sang with Henry's choir, youth choir in Fitzgerald. Welcome, special guests. We are so glad that you are here. Let's get things started off on the right foot. One week from Easter, we are but days away from the empty tomb. So it is more important now than ever before to say the following. If you want to embrace the empty tomb, you must return to the cross. This week, we commemorate a great parade, a triumphal entry, which Jesus led into the city of kings, which is Jerusalem. I am one who has always liked parades, haven't you? It's always something that celebrates a spirit of determination. Take, for example, oh, who was it that won the World Series in 2021? Oh, yeah, the Atlanta Braves beating the Houston Astros four games to two with Jorge Soler's mammoth home run out of the ballpark. I was ecstatic, but even more so when it was time for the victory parade. The team and their families boarded buses and they went all over the city of Atlanta. And while I wasn't able to be there in person, I sure did celebrate while watching on live stream on my computer at work. Everybody loves a parade, especially you Georgia Bulldogs out there. When you took home the natty and they had a parade that shut down Athens, oh boy, I bet some of you were at that parade, weren't you? Freezing to death, shivering, but waiting attentively for that brief moment when the national champion Georgia Bulldogs drove on by with Stetson Bennett and Jordan Davis and the like. Oh, yes, we all love a parade, but you know, a parade really declares two things. One, of course, there is something to be celebrated, and typically the thing that is being celebrated is that spirit of determination that made a team or an individual a champion. But also, it also marks that the moment is soon to pass us by. For as soon as the championship banner is put in the rafters or the trophy is hoisted and the people cheer in loud accord, there's always the thought of what's to come next. After all, there's next season. The Braves are now playing again at Truist Park. And who is it that Georgia's got for the home opener? Parades are something in which we as the participants need to have Similar determination unless the coronation and the resulting parade is something that we miss. And while there have been some great parades in Georgia sports history, make no mistake about it, the parade that Jesus enacted 2,000 years ago is far more important. It celebrates a spirit of determination the likes which this world has not seen since or will ever see again. And my friends, it also allows us to signal to one another that something 
is happening in the kingdom of God even 2,000 years later. And if we do not exert determination, the moment too might just pass us by. I think of Jesus after having been to Bethany and Bethpage, leaving there and heading steadily to Jerusalem, he makes a decision to throw himself a parade, even deciding the mode of transportation. No, not a stallion, which was significant of that day for the kings of war and triumph, but a much more nobler beast. I quite think of Shrek and the donkey, don't you? But that is what Jesus chose, not using telepathy, not knowing that the donkey was there without ever having seen it. No, he had spotted that donkey a while ago, even having talked to the masters with the signal world that when the disciples came to get that noble beast, that when they asked, where are you taking it? Their response would be, the master needs it. And why, oh friends, would Jesus select a donkey? It's because that animal was emblematic of an ambassador, one who was bringing peace to a war-torn place. And while today you and I might think that what would people have anything to say about but kind things if someone was saying, I come in the name of peace, We have to understand that when someone declares peace, they are oftentimes also implying the shift of the tides of power. That Jesus, as he rode steadfastly into Jerusalem, was declaring that the old order of power is soon to be undone. That of violence, that of might, that of intimidation no longer has hold because the kingdom of God is now here and it will be an age of peace and has, in fact, a king who is the king of peace. And oh, how the people exalted the arrival of Jesus No, not with a marching band or John Philip Sousa, stars and stripes forever like we might hear 4th of July in Carrollton. No, it was his disciples which lifted up a litany of praise, all of which testified to the miracles that Jesus had completed during his ministry, a ministry that was about peace. What did they say? Maybe it was something like this. Water to wine, healing for the blind, Lazarus raised from the dead, the lame getting out of their beds, the Samaritan woman made whole, cure and pardon for any sin-sick soul, the blind made to see, there's hope for any and all who breathe. And as the disciples raise up this praise, the people who are spectators likewise answer, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, which is Hebrew for save. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, when you see someone who boldly leans into the message of peace, it gives you hope, doesn't it? It makes you want to believe that there is something or someone who can save you. Because within every heart, there is some 
faction of war occurring. Whether it's internal strife or external strife, we're all warring against something and we're all crying out, God, save us. And Jesus Christ as the King of Peace is the answer. He is the Savior. And for that, we too cry out, Jesus, blessed are you who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus knew that even when things are about to get dark, And the world is about to fall into a state of lost hope. There is still a reason to celebrate. Even as he knew that on the other side of Jerusalem's gate and far beyond stood a hill called Calvary, he would no less raise up a celebration for God's truth is on the march. To that end, the people who were the haters out there Tell Jesus, in effect, you better shut him up if you know what's good for you. Jesus combats their hater ways with wit and with humor, saying, if they're quiet, even these rocks will cry out. What did that mean? Well, in paraphrase, it means don't hate Because what they say is the truth. (laughs) You don't own me, and you don't own God. Say what you will, but I'm going to tell my people the following. I'm going to say, party on, party people. I'm going to say, wave your palm branch in the air like you just don't care. The kingdom of God is on the march, and I am the kingdom's king And today I tell you that there's nothing you can do about it. Well, as Jesus thumbs his nose at them, he does so with the utmost determination. For he knows that with such an affront, there will come later conflict. Of course, we know that that happens in the Garden of Gethsemane. That when Jesus is away from the crowds and is vulnerable There is an angry mob that is led to arrest him and bring him before the Sanhedrin, which in a kangaroo court will convict him of blasphemy and then take him to Pilate to be sentenced to death. Oh, yes, Jesus had determination as he cried out to them, there's God's truth and there's nothing that can be done about it. And because of his utmost determination, because of his utmost desire for there to be peace, when Jesus summits the Mount of Olives and looks upon Jerusalem, a site that has been centuries, if not millennia, deep in conflict, in war, in strife, and in hatred, he weeps. He weeps because though they have visible evidence of the peace that can be theirs, they hide it from their own eyes. They are people that choose to live in ignorance when the answer is yet but before them. It's a cautionary tale to any and all today who say that they want peace but aren't really wanting to make the necessary changes in their life to receive it. For just like there were pretenders in the crowd in that day, 2,000 years ago, who would cry out, 
Hosanna on Sunday, but then in Pilate's court on Thursday would cry out, crucify him. So too today are there people that say, peace, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord. But really and truly, they aren't willing to humble themselves and accept Jesus Christ as he is, one who is a king of peace in their hearts and to follow him so that they might have peace. That's why, friends, it is with determination that you will decide whether or not you will follow Jesus beyond the courts of praise, entering into Jerusalem and go with him to his darkest hour this week. That you will be beside Jesus when he's all alone without a friend in the world. That you will be with him when the sentence of death is pronounced over an innocent life. That you will be with Jesus when he's escorted away to Calvary to suffer the cruelest death that could ever be told. That you are there with Jesus because Jesus has always been there for you. Think of the nights when you had the sleepless night of the soul. You felt all alone, didn't you? You would have given up hope, wouldn't you, if it hadn't been for Jesus. So my friends, if you're going to decide today if you are going to follow Jesus or not, it will depend upon your determination, for the parade is happening, but soon it will be over. If you're not careful, you may praise the signal of determination, but then leave it outside of Jerusalem. Oh yes, all of us have to make a decision for ourselves. Will we live lives of determined focus on Jesus this week and all the weeks following in our lives, or will we live lives of distraction? People oftentimes talk about the end of the age. They talk about how it's signaled by war and by hunger and by despair. Do you know what I think it's oftentimes signaled by people that live in helpless distraction? People who, for some reason, never look up and see the people that are before them. People who walk beside other people day after day, but never acknowledge them as a fellow image bearer also made in God's likeness. People who see neighbors, but never treat them as their equal. People who see need, but never do anything about it. And why? Because we're distracted. We're not determined, and that is the cry for all of us today, to not only praise Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord to Jesus as he is the model of determination, but to go and do likewise in a world riddled with distraction. So my friends, the question unto you today is, what is your posture What is your form of being? Not just this week, Holy Week, which is of utmost importance in the Christian life, but every day thereafter, are you to live a life of determination or are you to live a life of distraction? 
There's only one person who can answer that, and it's not your pastor, it's you. In your heart, you know what you need to do. The Holy Spirit, even now, speaks the truth as it beckons you forward in your life. But the question remains of what will you do about it? Our hymn of response is none other than 501, I am resolved. And if you are so resolved and determined to follow Jesus here and the rest of the days of your life, whether it be by professing him as Savior, whether it be by rededicating your life to him, or whether it be by joining this church, I invite you to come forward as we sing a hymn of our determination to Christ the King. Will you stand now as we sing?